Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on the Focus on Why podcast, I am joined by Jackie Fast. Jackie, welcome. Hi, Amy. Thanks so much for having me. And this is your third podcast already, and it's still only 10 o'clock for you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> third podcast this morning. Yeah. Um, and I attended a virtual awards. Yeah, it's, it's busy. It's the benefit of Zoom, though, really. I can now be everywhere all the time. And why is it that you're so busy right now? Well, I've got a book coming out. So um, my book, Rule Breaker, Rebellious Leadership for the Future of Work, comes out next week, um, which is all very exciting. So just doing loads and loads of press for that. Fantastic. And by the time people listen to this podcast, it will be imminent. It'll be tomorrow that it's coming out. So absolutely awesome. Why did you write the book? What was it for? Well, I mean, if you look at all the leadership books available, and there's something like 50,000 plus books out there, firstly, they're all written, mostly written by men. I think it's like 98.5% are written by men. But actually, when you explore that further, the like 95% of that 98% um, are written by men who started their careers in the 70s. So that's a time when you were kind of chained to your desk, working the corporate ladder, talking about like menteeism, et cetera. But the internet and social media have completely changed that. I mean, even now we're, we're talking on uh, over Zoom for a podcast and we're a million miles away from each other. And yet none of the new leadership books kind of address that. A lot of new leadership books really talk about brand communication or personal communication. Um, and so I thought this was really important. Um, equally, I have a unique viewpoint of this specifically, mostly because I guess I've been labeled a a rebel leader, a disruptor in the space, um, but also have achieved quite a lot of success. But I've also worked with some of the greatest people in their field, including Richard Richard Branson, Elton John, Rolling Stones, et cetera. Um, And they all have one thing in common, and, and it is that they are willing to think outside the box to break traditional rules um, and kind of to forge their own path. And I think that's super important. I'm, and not just super important, it's necessary. I think it's necessary for leaders um, to be successful moving forward. And I love that you're tipping that literary bias because I, I, I keep account of all the books I read in the business space. And at the moment, I'm on 24% are written by women. So, you know, I need to, more people like you to, to write these books to to for the future, for actually the current generation of women in business, because they need the role models. They need to see that this is happening and that there are shifts changing. So absolutely be the rule breaker and tip that literary bias and that you mentioned a unique viewpoint. What is that that you have? Well, I started my first business when I was 25 um, and I kind of really went against the grain. So my parents aren't entrepreneurs. Uh, I moved to London without ever being to being to Europe before. So not only did I have like no clue in terms of like what kind of businesses even operated there, uh, I didn't even have friends or family or anyone to help. Um, and I honestly believe because of that, it forced me to do stuff my own way. Um, and I ended up selling that business uh, for quite a significant amount of some uh, money 
about six years later. I started it with a laptop and 2000 pounds. And so that story alone, I think people kind of look at it and like, wow, what she's achieved is so amazing. And fundamentally, I don't think so. Uh, I think I work a lot harder than most people, but really I don't get trapped in all of the kind of crap that everybody keeps spouting about what you should do, how you should do something. So following that, I, I obviously give a lot of keynote talks and I always get asked the same question, like how, like, how do you take the leave? How do you have the confidence? And it's, you know, it's less about that really. And it's just about kind of doing it. And I think being a rule breaker or being rebellious and rousing that inner rebel within you is really the key of unlocking it because we are, we all now have the same access to everything. Like information is democratized. So, you know, you have the same information that I have. Elon Musk has, Mark Zuckerberg has, you know, we are now like, it's all possible. Everything is possible. We can now achieve so much more. We're not held back. Um, And yet the only thing holding us back is ourselves. So, I mean, that, that from a perspective basis, I really want everybody to understand, like, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I really, and I really believe that. And it's interesting that you said that you you came over and you had a laptop and your 2K and what you didn't have was any expectations or any framework to follow. So actually you say you're a rule breaker, but really were you breaking rules or were you just making them up for yourself? I definitely was breaking rules. I think um, some of the rules that were told to me is that I needed to have more experience before I had a business. Some of the other rules that were told to me is I needed to have more savings. Um, Other rules would be you need to have clients. I mean, I I could name, I could literally rattle off a hundred rules that people told me to do when I set up my business or when I was thinking about doing my business. Uh, And I didn't do any of them because I just didn't want to really not. And I wasn't doing it for any sake of like trying to be a rebel. It just didn't fit with what I was trying to do. And understandably so my business was very, very different to other businesses out there. So all of the things that used to work for people that are 20 years older than me weren't going to work for me. And fortunately I knew that. And fortunately I could see that, which is why I paved my own path in the first place. And you say that the information is democratized and it's available to all of us, but there's also that distillation of taking out the relevant and filtering out. How do you do that? So fortunately, Amy, good question. Um, We give great tips in my book, Rule Breaker. Um, Yeah, of course. I mean, I think the last quote is something like there's 10,000, 50,000 videos uploaded onto YouTube every like 30 seconds. It's crazy. Um, But there are ways. Um, I would say the number one way, so obviously lots of tips in my book, but the number one way is engaging. So a way to filter out the crap is by being part of the conversation. And that means talking to journalists, other people on Twitter, on social media, commenting on stuff that you like, that you don't like, and why. The reason why is Basically, when you start engaging in the communication and start having kind of a conversation rather than just passively intaking stuff, that's when you have a dialogue. It's like having a conversation with a real person. And if you were to do that, more people are attracted to you with similar ideas or mindsets, et cetera. Same thing can be done online. So my biggest recommendation is, you know, don't try to read a million articles. Try to engage with the articles and then see that where that takes you. And you mentioned Twitter. And for, for that reason, is it because you have to distill your message and be quite concise in what your thoughts are for that the, the restriction on length? No, I actually don't use Twitter so much in terms of me 
putting stuff out there. I use it actually to find information and to find relevant information. So I use something called TweetDeck, which kind of spreads out all of the stuff that comes through. And I have key things that I'm interested in. So for instance, I'll search terms for like sponsorship or entrepreneurs or exits or collaborations. And that way I can kind of see all of the new news from loads of different industries all in one bit. So that's why I like Twitter. Yeah, brilliant. And I think, you know, just creating, as you said, being part of that conversation and being part of the dialogue is so important because often we we sort of do sit passively and we don't take part in it. And but then we have complaints, but we're not being active in affecting change. And what you're doing is you're you're showing people roots of how to affect change in things that matter. Completely. So what matters most to you? Being challenged, I guess, would be the thing. I really, I really kind of need to be doing stuff and not just stupid busy. I'm actually very, very comfortable not working. I, I go through very, very long stints where I do nothing but watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, and so I'm not that kind of crazy person, but I like to be mentally challenged. I like to think about stuff. I like to build stuff. Um, so I like to be, you know, I'd like to be learning really. And whether that means traveling or building a business, it's the same. And you said you sold your first business. Is that because you you don't necessarily need to hold, you like to create and then move on? I had no idea, Amy. I was like, I, I don't, I didn't have a plan. I mean, when I first set up my first business, I would have been lucky to pay the rent, quite frankly. I did not foresee that it would do what it did, um, which was really amazing for me and lucky for me. When I sold, again, I was just so amazed. I was able to sell my business and I loved my job, but I I didn't feel like I was getting the same kind of challenge I used to get. Um, I was doing the same kind of thing. I, we were kind of at the top of the game that I could have gotten to with that business as well. We were working with the best clients, doing kind of the coolest stuff that you could do. And for me, I, I needed something more. Um, so I sold it. I sold it, A, because somebody came along with a lot of money and I thought that was cool, um, but also because I wanted to do something harder, quite frankly. And you said that you sort of broke the mold in the sense that your parents weren't entrepreneurs. Where do you think your drive has come from? I mean, this is the thing. I, I get asked this question all of the time. I just really like to do stuff. Um, you know, I'm, it's not about being an entrepreneur either. I am an entrepreneur because I'm forced to be an entrepreneur because I'm very outspoken. Um, and that doesn't play well in the corporate, um, you know, landscape. And, you know, before I sold my first business, I would have been embarrassed to say this, but I was fired from one of the, one of my earlier jobs. And, and, you know, in hindsight, I understand why, but at the time I was really devastated. Um, but, it's because I was just sitting there like faxing stuff. <laughs> I mean, in, in a very short amount of time of people knowing me, I, like, I'm not a girl who will sit in an office and fax stuff. It's not really what I do. Um, and so I got fired from that job. And my my personality suits being my own boss. That 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 is the situation. And I don't, I'm not attracted to being an entrepreneur because I think it's sexy or cool. I mean, I think it's one of the hardest jobs you can have, quite frankly. And I think a lot of people don't understand how hard it really, really is. It's just in my nature. And so what drives me is I like to work. I just happen to be somebody who has to work for themselves because nobody will hire me. And were you a rebel as a child? No, not at all. Um, I... I, you know, there's a sentence in my book that says, you know, I, I don't remember ever 
speaking out. I don't ever remember challenging stuff. I remember certain rules that I thought were stupid and I just didn't do them, but my parents were very supportive of stuff like that. So I I was very good in school. And my argument was that I didn't have to go to class if I got straight A's and my parents agreed. So I never went to school and that was it. So it wasn't a rebel because it was just, you know, logical. I shouldn't waste time if I'm supposed to be getting A's and I can do that without going there. Um, and so I've always been meticulous like that. I've always had an argument and a reason for why I do things. Um, but yeah, no, I wouldn't say, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a rebel now, you know, <laughs> I would, I would just say that I am somebody who speaks her mind and maybe that's what's missing. And you said that you didn't speak out before and it's that sort of asserting your voice now in ways that you can command it that is important to you. I never felt I had anything to speak out about. So it's not that I didn't speak out because I felt that I was censored. It's because I had a pretty average childhood. You know, I grew up in Canada. Everything was pretty rosy. Uh, you know, I I didn't really start understanding anything really like in terms of real stuff like real business stuff until I came to London and I was by myself and I the whole world opened up to me then um so you know that's I guess when I started questioning stuff so that's the reason and what about your values how what part do they play in your business and, and in your personal life so I think values are really important and I talk about aligning the work to your values and I think that is important, not because it's a nice to have. I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's so good because it's so great. It's because actually setting up a business or working for yourself or trying to be a leader is hard work. Like it's not easy. And so when times are tough, you need to be able to fall back on something. And it should, you know, if you love what you do, it's the only thing that's going to get you through in a positive and, you know, in a positive way, I think. Um, otherwise you're just like going to struggle and you're going to wonder why you can't get off the hamster wheel, but it's because you don't really love what you're doing. So a hundred percent values are important. I don't do anything that I'm not excited about. Fortunately, I'm excited about lots of stuff. Uh, so, so that's good. Um, but in terms of values, you know, for me, I need to be challenged. That is the number one thing for me. And it needs to be hard enough to get me out of bed in the morning. Um, and so I always, that's, that's the number, that's, that's kind of carried me through my career. It, it needs to be hard. And one of the reasons I sold Slingshot was because it stopped being hard. That's really interesting. And did you find the book writing hard? Uh, yes and no. I was uh, very pregnant at the time and I did not appreciate <laughs> how hard being pregnant would be. Um, there were a couple of mo mornings where I would wake up and I was so tired. I would eat a croissant and be like, I think I need to go back to sleep. And I go back to sleep and wake up at 3 PM and be like, I have slept 20 hours. It was crazy. So I did not expect or understand or appreciate that. So in that respect, absolutely. Because I, didn't have as much time as I thought I would because I was basically sleeping or more having morning sickness than the other times. But no, apart from that, it was really great. I actually think um, it was really fortunate. I was able to connect with a lot of people that I've um, kind of helped me along my journey and also people I've learned from. So ex-clients, et cetera. And I was kind of able to interview them look at other case studies and uh, talk about stuff I've been thinking about for years. So no, I didn't find it hard. Was it almost cathartic in some respects? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was really 
interesting for me. So I did more research on stuff I'd always thought about and now finally had the time to do it. Um, and I spoke to people I knew well, but in a different context, learned a, a lot of things about them that was different. Uh, I, you know, I've always talk, talked about how the internet has radically shifted our world from a leadership perspective, communications perspective, and a business perspective, but I actually never really talked to people about it. And so a big part of this journey was I learned about Stuart Brand, who Steve Jobs credits as starting the internet, um, and how his point of view actually and how his values kind of laid the foundation to the Silicon Valley that we have today and how kind of a lot of the, you know, social media giants have kind of strayed away from that and the effect that that has had on our economy and as humans. And so, I mean, that stuff I found super, super interesting. So I got to kind of do a deep dive on that. And what's the mission, Jackie? What is it you're trying to achieve? Individually? Yeah. Uh, I mean, God, I don't know, Amy. I don't have a mission. I, I mean, I definitely have a, a purpose and I know why I get out of bed in the morning. Um, but, you know, my mission changes definitely at the moment. Uh, I'm very excited about this book. So my mission is to get everybody to read it and to love it and to tell all of their friends. Um, I've also launched a venture capital fund in LA where we invest in collaborations. So again, my mission is to really fund those types of products and shine a spotlight on how collaboration can accelerate business, which has always kind of been my ethos from the beginning. Um, I, you know, my mission is that I now have a child. And so I want to do as much as I can as early on just to kind of, you know, pave the way for them. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of things. I've got a lot of missions <laughs> as I'm sure everybody does really. And the purpose. I want to do something that's important and impactful. You know, I want to live a life that when I look at it at the end of the day, I'm really excited and happy about the things that I've achieved. And so, I mean, you know, I'm really fortunate I get to do these kind of podcasts a lot. So unlike a lot of people, I talk about my history probably more than most, or I get the opportunity to talk about what I've done more than most, which is great because it allows me to reflect because I think most of the time I wouldn't look back that often. I'm more often looking forward. So with that futuristic and that visionary perspective, are you ever in, in the present moment? Do you find that hard or are you always thinking about what's coming up next? I think I'm pretty good at being in the present, actually. Um, yeah, I, th I, I think I'm always good at being in the present. I 100% think about what's coming up next. I definitely think that, you know, I'm super ambitious. And so if I wasn't thinking about what was going to happen in the future, I probably wouldn't be as excited as I am going through the slogs that I do um, on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, I'm, I'm literally up at five in the morning. I work until 4 p.m. I have a baby. I have like four businesses. I sit on three boards. I'm busy. Um, so if I wasn't thinking about like what's going to happen in the future, I probably would be like a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> And you say you're busy, but I, it strikes me that you don't use that as a badge of honor. It, it's it's that you're enjoying everything and that you wouldn't do any of it if you didn't enjoy it or you didn't feel that you were giving it 100 percent. 
hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't, and I also don't do like, Oh, I'm so busy. You know, those people are like, Oh, I'm so busy. I can't do this. I'm like, I, you ask me to do something and I like to do it. I will do it. I find the time. It's not an issue. Um, and, and when I say I'm busy, like I'm just, it's just a fact. I'm just, I've got a lot of things going. I'm very, very busy, but I would, I would be busier. Like if something cool came around, I would take that on as well. If another book came up, I would find a way to make it happen. Um, I'm I'm just really good. I've always been really good at managing my time. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people, another great rule that I was told is, you know, you have to know when to say no. And I've never found that to be the case. I've always said yes, like to this, to anything. I will say yes to almost everything um, that I want to do. So I think that's important to add. I don't just say yes, just, just for fun. But I, you know, I say yes to everything and I find a way to make it happen. And do you see this latest book that you've written as being a, a rewritten rule book for leaders? A hundred percent. Yes. Um, I think, I think leaders, new leaders are playing by different rules and the ones that are successful are not doing what everybody used to do. The problem is, is you get a lot of people that want to be leaders or want to be better leaders or, or fi- trying to figure out why they're not inspiring people or why they don't like their work. Um, and it's because you, they just, the information that we're taught is the wrong information. So a hundred percent, this is a manifesto for a new way to lead. Um, I, I, one of the things that comes out of my book, really going back to your question about values a lot of people ask are asked when they grow up you know what do you want to be when you grow up nobody ever asked like what do you care about like nobody nobody asked children in school like what do you care most about and so all of a sudden we've kind of like what do you want to be what do you want to be and we kind of finish university and are like actually what I want to be has nothing to do with what I care about and so there's a huge disconnect and that's why everybody's so unhappy and hates work so much It's really interesting because quite often when you think back or you reflect to when you were an eight year old, and that's a question that I ask people is, what did you enjoy most being eight? And then you start to see what really gave them that joy in life. And quite often, if they had that opportunity to take that into a space of of a a business or or a, a particular profession, then they would be much more happier in life. Yeah, I I agree. So what was the eight-year-old Jackie doing? I just like, don't <laughs> ask me that question. Um, you know, I wouldn't have said that I had any particular passions when I was a child. I always remember wanting to do more and being very bored with my life. Um, but I had a good life, don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, I was riding horses, playing like playing Barbies, just, you know, being on the basketball team at school, you know, the kind of the usual stuff kids do. Um, I think if I had, I do remember kind of trying to sell bookmarks that I used to draw and sell them to the neighbors. My mom made me give the money back because she thought that was ridiculous. Uh, So like I, you know, I used to remember getting excited about projects like that, but I didn't really have an outlet for the type of stuff that I like to do, you know, as a child, which is understandable. Right. Um, and, and now I get that really, but I, like I said, I really don't feel like I really came into my own until I came to London and had the whole big wide world to kind of manage. So something you, I, I hear you saying there is that you weren't mentally challenged as a, a young kid, you know, you're doing nice stuff and having a nice life, but that, that lack or that void of the mental challenge has now become your whole focus in life. Yes, completely. 
Mm. So what's next on the agenda for you, Jackie? Where, where to next? You mentioned about the VC fund. What else is there in the pipeline? Um, I mean, that's a really big thing, Amy. <laughs> Ah, uh, that just that. Um, so our PC called Sandbox Studios. Um, we're raising ten ten million dollars, and we're investing in ten to fifteen uh, talent driven product collaborations. So things like Kylie Cosmetics, Beats by Dre, Casamigos, Aviation Gin, um, and then my agency will kind of underpin the rollout of those products. So I will be releasing and launching and managing in the sales and distribution for ten to fifteen projects products in the next two years which is a lot of work. And so that is basically the only thing that I've got on my on my agenda. I will be very busy with that. And I love that you said that you want to shine the spotlight on collaboration and that's where you see the future because collaboration is, is something that you, you, you mentioned right at the beginning that you didn't have any friends or family to help. And so again, you've, you've now created that space for others to succeed. Yeah, so I think, I mean, the world is just, too fast. I don't think it's possible to do stuff alone. I mean, it is possible. Like I, my first business, I was by myself, but obviously I learned how to work with others and actually my business was putting partners together. But I think the benefit in what you're seeing, especially with businesses build, being built and exiting, um, is how partnerships can really accelerate a brand or a business. And I think fundamentally that will only increase. And I think human connections and, and the ability to be a connector. So if you speak to different generations about what they see leaders are. Um, so my parents' generation, kind of the baby boomer, boomers generation, their idea of a leader was somebody who could kind of like weather the storm you know, lead, lead, lead people through like, you know, the, the North star, the shining light. When you ask millennials, what they think a leader looks like, they come back and they say a leader looks like a connector, like somebody who can put the pieces of the puzzle together. Those are totally two different viewpoints about what leadership is. And so a, yes, of course, my background is collaboration uh, and sponsorship and all of that. So it makes sense that I would say that, but the truth of the matter is, is we're able to connect so much more because of the internet, because of digital technology. Um, and so the capabilities are so much greater. So I'm, I'm you know, a huge believer in collab collaboration. I think my entire business and work ethos revolves around it. And effectively, that's how I make money. And for someone whose name is fast, you're complaining that the world is too fast. How does that work? Not complaining, not <laughs> complaining, but that um, you need to adapt. So pre-internet and even pre-social media, you know, you could manage stuff better because the world was so much smaller. So let's, let's say, let's say you're a bookseller um, for topicals um, and you live in Leeds for, you know, whatever purpose. Um, you're the, you would sell books to the people who can go to your bookstore, right? So they are people that are within driving distance, but ideally walking distance of your bookshop. That That is where your world sits. And so your business sits in selling books. But we all know the amazing story about Amazon. Amazon was a book online bookseller, you know? And so that that is what I'm talking about, about that the world is not, it is faster, but it's because it's bigger. And so you need to work with others to kind of get there quicker and catch up. It just is easier when you have more people to help. 
what I'm hearing, you, the sort of the key words throughout the conversation from you, Jackie, is that you talk about adapting, you talk about connecting, reflecting, challenging, focusing, but most importantly, is thinking outside the box. Yeah, absolutely. So again, this goes back to breaking some rules, you know, um, you need to stop thinking about what worked for somebody will work for me. And I think that's the issue. I think people are so caught up with, you know, looking at old style his leadership books or even really traditional businesses and corporations, you know, uh, you can't build another L'Oreal. Another L'Oreal will not exist again. Um, and so you need to start thinking about, you know, if I'm going to be a beauty brand, what is important to me? And also L'Oreal's business model was completely, completely, completely reliant on um, creating products for a very small group of w- people, women who were white in their 30s. Um, they had seven different skin tones. That's it, because white women only have seven different skin tones. Their whole foundation, everything was built on that small cohort. cohort. Um, and now the world is so different. And, you know, it's not like it's not like black people just came existed recently. It's not like people of color all of a sudden decided to appear. You know, these people have been just underserved forever. And the Internet has now made it possible for brands to connect with that. And so you know, the business models of today, especially if you look in the beauty space, it was really about speaking to people, not even just women, speaking to people um, that are interested in makeup that have really not been part of the conversation for a bloody century. It's embarrassing, quite frankly. And so why are we looking at models of those types of businesses that are built on hierarchy and command and control? Because A, it doesn't work now, but B, it was crap to begin with. You reminded me just now of somebody I interviewed before, who's Danny Gray, who created the fantastic brand, which is Makeup for Men. And it's the brand is called War Paint for Men. Yeah. And he, he has literally turned the makeup industry on its head. And, yeah. you know, there have been other companies, larger companies that tried to do this, but didn't take it or address it in the way that he has. And absolutely, he, you know, he's a great example of a rule breaker and a rebellious leader that has sought to seek the solutions for the present and the future completely I actually know that brand very well thanks um but yeah the you know I think it that that message is so important and the reason why the big people have gone have tried to tap into this market and failed is because they're not doing it authentically it's not within the core of their business they don't understand it because their business is not built on that they would have to be a totally different business to be able to make that work so what Danny is doing, it, it's, you know, it's authentic. It comes from a place of values. He's he's addressing a real need and he's able to do that because it rings true. It's not going to ring true for L'Oreal. Yeah, absolutely. And and putting that personal spin on it and taking it into space is, is something that we do connect with very, really well now with brands is, is having that understanding that it is going to make a difference and you see it driven by someone to take it to that space and it does it it then does create that culture that whole vision mission purpose all folds into one and that's something that I'm, I'm hearing from you is that you are that core driver with everything you do and you create that culture around you yeah, I'm definitely a driver <laughs> um, yeah I mean you know it's it's in important I think I think it is important and I think you know I am really enthusiastic about everything that I do and so I guess that is part of 
the building of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm excited about stuff. I only want to work with people who are excited about the same stuff I'm excited about, you know, just snowballs. And, and so, you know, a lot of the stuff we talk about leadership in the book, but a, a lot about leadership that you used to read about is like how you be a good leader because leadership used to be given to people, but now, you know, you can be a leader that doesn't have traction. I mean, I don't want to point fingers, but there's a lot of leaders recently that are not leaders, you know? Um, And there's a lot of people who, I mean, Greta Thunberg, for instance, is a great example, not somebody who you would think is a leader, you know, probably got made fun of, made fun at school, is the most influential person in climate change right now. And that's the thing. Leadership isn't given anymore. It's earned. So how do you go and be a leader that really, truly inspires people and makes change happen? And really, fundamentally, it comes down to really truly believing in the values that you've got aligning those values to your work and communicating that to the world it's really simple and also taking a topic that is going to benefit others and not just you and and it's bigger than you you know her her mission is is huge but she's looking to create that better world for all of us by doing what she believes and she takes that energy into everything she does and channels it and and challenges people so yes but I also think that you could be a a leader if you're a mother a stay-at-home mom you know there are loads of topics about I mean I'm a new mom and so there aren't a lot of voices in that space who are speaking to me about what it is to be a working mother um, that is also working from home during COVID but I don't think being a leader really needs to be about creating a mass movement you don't have to be Colin, Colin Kaepernick it, it really is about like aligning what it is that you care about to, to your purpose um, and and being true to that. And it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be Greta Thunberg. True. Abs- no, absolutely. And, and you're right. You know, for, for many people, they think that what they're doing is not significant for some reason because it's not that big mission. But actually, if they are affecting change on any scale, it is of, it is of value. Completely. So I've loved this conversation, Jackie, and I want to share with everybody that your book is out tomorrow so we recorded this last week but now it is out physically tomorrow tomorrow is the 3rd of March so congratulations how will people get access to that book well the great thing is the book is sold anywhere good books are sold so they're Waterstones WH Smith Amazon the publisher literally your local bookstore will have it um so you can buy it anywhere but if you buy it through the publisher uh, before the end of the week we can give you a 25% discount for all of Amy's listeners that's fantastic I'll put that in the show notes so everybody's got access to that but be mindful that that ex- so expires this week so you really be keen to get that book Who will benefit from reading your book, Jackie? Literally everyone. So I think the purpose is, is I don't want people to think, you know, I'm not interested in being the next Greta Thunberg or I'm not interested in being the next Steve Jobs. This is not the point. The point is, is that in every way, being a rebellious leader or rousing a bit of your inner rebel, which I mean, is everything from confidence to, you know, managing information better to, you know, communicating to others and inspiring other others you can be a leader of one really like the internet has the power or has provided the power to do that you can like me be the person who's sitting in your bedroom with a one-man band business 
um, and be a leader or, you know, grow to be a leader. So I 100% do. I really do believe that this book is going to benefit any single person that is working. So um, working however you work in any kind of situation, I think this book will benefit you. But obviously, for those that are really wanting to be a leader in the future of work, this is the manifesto for how to do it right. And once they've read the book, what do you want them to do? Start breaking some rules, really. <laughs> so I, I think I think once you've read the book, you will have a better understanding of how to move forward in a better, more successful, more fulfilled way. And that inevitably snowballs more money. So, of course, I don't want to be like, read this book, become rich. That's that's not the point. Um, but you will have a more fulfilled life because the stuff that you're doing will align better. Um, and because of that, you will feel more compelled to tell others because you're telling others, you will end up inspiring others because you're inspiring others. You will inevitably become a leader. So um, that's what I hope. I hope more people speak up. I hope more people have the confidence to quit their day job and start a business. I hope more people are excited when they're writing a blog at home about raising their children. I think, you know, I think the opportunity now is for so many new voices to be heard. And I hope that people read this book and want to be one of those voices. And just so you know that they've been heard, how can they reach out and connect with you to share that? Um, you can find me on Instagram mostly. I'm at Jackie Bass, but I'm also on Twitter. If you buy the book and leave a lovely review, I am reprinting all of the Amazon reviews in the next edition of the book. So please, please do that. That's very great. Um, also, you can reach me on my website, www.jackiefast.com. Amazing. Well, again, all of that will be in the show notes for people to access. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and a shout out to, to Lara Cowan who introduced us because it was, it was always great to, to have recommendations and it's been such a wonderful conversation today. So thank you. Well, thank you. And thank you, Lara, as well. She's my, one of my oldest friends in London. So it's, it's great to be able to do this. Oh, it's fantastic. And do you have some final words of wisdom that you'd like to share with the audience? I mean, I think really it is that the future is the future favors the bold. Um, so be bold, be brave and break some rules. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.